bump ins, y'all. Let's get it. Welcome back to Calling All Beings, baby. I'm your host, DJ. So happy to be back. It seems like it's been forever, but I am back, and I'm back with my cabbie crew here. Let me let me get to them first, man. Let's not waste any time getting to my co-host, my co-collaborator, co-conspirator, the man who is the king of on-ramps, off-ramps, unpacking, and ontology. Money Nathan, what's going on, baby? Let yeah, let's get ontological to start that show off right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're having a good, good we're gonna have a good time tonight, man. It's good to see you guys. Onto- yeah, ontology, baby. Look down because he's right below you, Nathan. There he is right there. Yes. There he is. The sexy being. He's 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 holding the pillars up like like Samson. Hopefully, we, nobody will cut his hair in in mid show because something bad can oh. really happen. Hi, Kevin. Hi, my Adam's <laughs> apple jiggles. <laughs> I see it. It says hello, everyone. Oh. Right. We're getting into some. What's that movie with Arnold? I can't remember. The, uh, <laughs> where Conan, maybe or I don't know. No, the one with Sharon Stone. I, is this his wife? I can't remember now. Oh, uh, and True Lies. For... No, 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 no. No, it's not the Joppa it's one. It's the one with he has the the mask yes. that comes off. Yes, and the, that he's one. At Mars, get to Mars. Oh yeah, yeah. That, right. Uh, what is that one called? <laughs> It's total based recall. on Philip K. Dick book. No, I can't total think recall. of the name yes. of it. Total, total yeah, Total Recall is a great movie. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, Kev, if you can just look to your left at our friend right there. She is uh, the therapist. Uh, she's a therapist not only for uh, kids and adults, but for UFO Twitter. So uh, party people put yo hands together for the host of Deb's Data Dojo at a study of UAPs. Deb, how are you, my dear? I'm doing great. Hello, everybody. Hey, Deb. Great Hi. job last night. But now let's let's get to the man of honor. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll tell you what, man. I'm very I'm very excited to talk to this guy. Uh, he has a really cool background. He's going to tell us uh, what his his occupation was. He was on the bad side of cyber. Now he's on the good side of cyber. He's a badass. He's in the Masonic order. So everybody, all right. Get ready for this, man, because tonight you facing the Mason. So put your hands together for John Majorowski. Woo! Man, I put feel like I'm gonna... Put your hands together. Wipe that chicken grease off your hands. Yeah. What's wow. going on, man? Wow, it feels like I'm either at, back in the club uh, or uh, getting ready to wrestle, and I can't figure out which one, but I'm excited about it. Both of it, those so. vibes are good, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I dig it. Yeah, hey. be wrestling at the club, that kind hey. of wrestling. <laughs> i tell you what, man. Cool voice, cool vibe, oh, cool hair. So. Oh, like we man. said earlier, you probably smell good. What do you got to say for yourself, Majorowski? What's up, man? Uh, well, thanks for inviting me. I got the red jacket out tonight. I figured it was going to be a special night, and I brought yeah, a whole entire bottle because I figured it'd be that kind of night. And uh, well, it started out as a bottle. We got it that far. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. The total package. And, uh, yeah. 
Uh, I, I like to, I'd like to be remembered as the Dean Martin of ufology. So that's that's how I want to go. <laughs> oh man, I love it. I'm trying to remember the song that he that he did. That oh, his there's so many song. good ones. Don't worry, yeah, they're all amazing. The, they're, Every they're single one you hear, it's the, it's the best. I, uh, <laughs> Dean Martin is cool, man. Part of the rat the the Rat Pack. Yeah, uh, with totally. Sammy Davis Jr. I'm trying to remember. There was a British guy as well that I can't think of his name, and obviously Sinatra. So, oh, oh yeah. Um, well, but great, uh, great times, great times. Yes, uh, but you know what? Let me turn it over to the money man. He's going to take it away. John, great to talk Nathan, with you. Good to have you good with to us. Talk with you. You're the only guy that I know that's actually seen the face of uh, <laughs> one of one of these people that we know. <laughs> Excellent yes. academia. You're yes. the only, you're the only guy that friend. I know who's actually seen his face, right? Yeah, I, you're his uh, friend. I, you could do a I show just, with him. I just had a, a, a drink with him last night. We had a great time. Um, As he is human, right? I just he's a real person. Okay, I mean, I think he's right. a real person. Well, uh, I mean, you see him. Right. Yeah, I have, but it's hard to know. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's another person who I've seen in real life over here on our show. Avatars uh, gravitate to Nathan. Yes. Well, anyway, he sends his uh, regards. He he. Wants to uh, let, let you know that he's a big fan of you as well. Oh, and uh, and John, him, I've been man. listening to you for a while, man. I love what you oh, do. I you. love your insight. I've honestly never known a Freemason like that. I knew that they were a Freemason. Uh, ah. And um, I think it's pretty cool that you've been so forthcoming uh, in this community and bringing that background to bear. What What's something that kind of has uh, maybe like surprised you about your engagement with the UFO subject with, with your background? Um. Well, I, I think as a, as a Mason, kind of, yeah. in that regard, um, well, you know, the cool thing about being a Freemason and Freemasons in general is that we're pretty tolerant of everything. And I'd say that to the extreme, right? So um, obviously, if you look back historically, you know, most of the revolutions were kind of, um, you know, uh, hatched maybe in a Masonic Lodge and, you know, Freemasons had a lot to do with it. And, you know, basically bringing that sense of freedom you know, uh, individuality to everybody to have their own decisions and tolerance for all, you know? Um, so, you know, the tenets of Freemasonry are, are really along those lines, you know, um, faith, hope, charity, you know, mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And when you look at this subject, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you would think, um, you know, we've all experienced taboo, right? Where we talk about it at the dinner table or, you know, even our own families or friends or things like that. And everybody, you know, says, oh, you, you know, the tinfoil hat and you're crazy and stuff like that. But in, in the lodge, you know, I never really, um, you know, I, I've talked about it, but not like obviously during a lodge meeting, you know, before or after things like that. Obviously, there's no kind of not, not a lot of just open floor to be, you know, like, hey, you know, <laughs> get out there and just start going off about, you know, this phenomenon or anything. But, um, you know, I talked to a couple of brothers and, and, you know, that, you know, there's a lot of servicemen and, you know, that are, that were, um, that are Masons, you know, that were in the service currently or, you know, retired, things like that as well. And, and a lot of that, a lot of that. So it's not like I'm telling them anything they really don't know. And I think it's, it's, you know, it took a lot for me in the beginning to, you know, to go out and just kind of just start talking about it. But once I did, it was kind of like, you find your ilk, you know, and, and, and it's not only just the, the UFO or the phenomenon thing or whatever. It's kind of about, about like I said in the beginning, like kind of tolerance for all and be able to just say, OK, cool. Maybe you have this different background that I'm completely not even aware of or, or part of. And, and you know, I have no idea about. But, you know, I, I respect you as a brother and your opinions and, and, and things like that. And, and you entertain it and, and, you know, and you learn something all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of um, where I went with it. And, you know, recently. Um, I think it was last week that I put a video of a lecture I gave um, to my brother's lodge, uh, Rubicon, and um, 
that was the first time that I really got in front of that many Masons and kind of just went, blah, this is me. <laughs> and this is like what I do, you know? Yeah. And uh, it was really, it was, it was really well received. And I was I'm excellent. still getting, I'm still getting emails from, from brothers. And, you nice. know, after that, after that, um, uh, lecture, I think I stood there for about another hour and a half and just had guys come up one by one and just tell me the most amazing stories after that, that wow. like, they didn't feel like they could tell anybody before. And it was like, now that it's out and the way I kind of laid it out, it was like, you know, this is real. The stigma has gone the way that, because there was a stigma for so many years, it was definitely created for a purpose. You know, the Robinson panel set that all up and we're still living and breathing it now. So you know, it's don't be afraid to talk about it, you know, and, and I think it kind of opened the door a little bit. And a, a lot of guys have reached out. A lot of, a lot of brothers have emailed me um, that I haven't, you know, um, met before, but they said, hey, you know, I was kind of afraid to talk about this now, but thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I kind of feel more inclined to be able to do it in my lodge. So I think that's rad all the way across the board. I think I talked way too long. And he, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I thought it, listen, I thought it was amazing. And those of you who are listening uh, with us now or listening later, you definitely got to check that out. Go to John's channel, UFOs on the Level on YouTube. It's uh, one of your most recent uh, posts or you know videos there. It's just it's really well right. done. A great summary, honestly, of kind of the topic uh, from uh, you know kind of recent events and uh, even even old stuff as well. Um, yeah. You mentioned the word tolerance, and that's not a word that I think of in terms of a synonym that I would use for the UFO Twitter community, uh, <laughs> at least in in the last few weeks. And right. I was wondering, I really wanted to get your thoughts because you've been living in community, mm-hmm. uh, an intentional community for so long. Right. You know, what, what are some, you know, kind of tenets and values that you think we would be well served to adopt uh, as we kind of interact with each other in a charitable way, uh, you know, kind of kind of turn down the temperature a little bit? What, what are some, some, what's some advice you have there? Well, you know, some of the core tenets of Freemasonry are brotherly love, relief, and truth, you know? And those are the three cores that you kind of go back to, you know, brotherly love, love for your brother, your fellow man, you know, woman, you know, just just basically self-explanatory, you know, relief, relief, worthy and distressed people that need help. You know, there's people out there that are suffering that actually need help. Maybe they just need somebody to talk to. Maybe that, you know, they've gone through some, some experience and nobody wants to believe them or, you know, maybe they've been subject to some type of experiment or something that, you know, we can't even explain. Um, and they're just looking for a voice, you know, and, and truth, I mean, is obviously the truth and we all want the truth. Right. So I think that, um, you know, a lot of the times we're so quick to just jump on things and, and you know, nitpick and, and get at things. And we never, we, we look at the, you know, the characters that are in that tweet, right. We never look at the rash, the person or, or the rationale behind those things or, or what it is. And, and, you know, I think, it would serve people well to just, you know, take your hands off the keyboard for a second and just think about <laughs> it, you know, just kind of think about it, you know, and a lot of the times, and, and you know, from my, my day job, my, my real, my uh, security background, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, th- that we're out there thinking that we're interacting with actual humans and they're bots, mm-hmm. you know, they're actual AI, they're programs that are just written to engage people and just hit pressure points and, you know, just amp things up and create havoc. And, you know, I, that's, sometimes lost on people. I think it's lost more, more than, than you would think, you know? So a lot of times when you're screaming at, you know, Billy, who's, you know, just saying a bunch of garbage, that could just be a bot. Mm. Right. Has that been a GPT three? That's kind of like uh, created that situation. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. The the GPT three is like the um, AI uh, sort of natural language uh, machine or it's, um, it's like oh, the latest the, iteration the, of that. And there's a 
there's a lot of cool things it, it can do. Like there's a there's an app you can download called uh, AI Dungeon. You can basically have your own little like interactive. Uh, remember those like games when we were kids where you could kind of like you type in a text command and you go down a, a hallway and then it's like open the door, or look in the box. Oh, or like you ba- yeah, it basically yeah, creates yeah. a game like that, but it's all in, it's entirely AI driven. But it's based on this natural language uh, AI that they that they created. I thought wow. I was talking about the upscale package of the Trans Am that you could order when you said that. I was like, wait, <laughs> yes, oh. the, it gets I, that yeah, too. I saw that. Yeah. I kind of like that, too, that. For sure. The Recaro seats. <laughs> That's a great point that you bring up, though, John. And I, had, I don't think I knew that, that it was that prevalent. So it's, it's really prevalent. I mean, and it's used a lot by the, you know, the military industrial complex, whatever you want to call them, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the agencies, because, you know, nobody's paying anybody to sit behind keys, you know, anymore. I mean, you could create natural language chatbots that, can go out there and do that. I mean, a lot of the times you ever go to a website that that little thing pops up in the corner. It's like, Hey, do you want to talk? Hey, what's mm-hmm. going on? You know, and you can actually talk to that thing forever. You know, Amazon uses it too. When you, your package is late or something, you're like, Hey, what's going on? And you, you know, you get through 10 minutes of this thing talking to you and then it's finally, let me connect you to a human, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, those things are really prevalent and they're out there all over the place. And it's, I mean, if you think about it, think about it in terms of not only the United States government, it could be other governments, right? It could, it could be, it could be a host of people or just, you know, any nation states, governments, whatever doing it. So um, you got to kind of uh, uh, take it with a broader scope, you know, brush with a broader brush when you're looking at those things. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I don't get affected and, and things like that, too. I think my gut response sometimes when I don't know how to respond is just to send a meme, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> respond to that chatbot, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, but but yeah, I, I think what the, I think what you started off with, though, I think we should all take stock in. And you mentioned that your brothers started to come up to you and talk about their experiences and share. And if we were having this conversation, so let's say it's 2022, if we were having this conversation in 2017 or something, um, that's not happening. Uh, People are not coming out and talking about their experiences. I didn't talk about my experience back then and wouldn't have. And, And so I think there's something to take stock in how far we've come that while it's not mainstream, I mean, anybody that says it's mainstream, I got news for you. It's not mainstream, but the fact that people are having the conversation in public without feeling stupid means that we've made significant progress since TTSA, the Navy videos, Elizondo and all that stuff. We're, we're in a different place now. I yeah, think you're right. You're right. No, you're, you're totally right. And that's kind of how, um, when I built that, uh, that lecture, I mean, that lecture, I've been working on a lecture for about four months, believe it or not. And, wow. And it's just been like, well, because I wanted to, to you know, we're, we're talking to guys, we're looking at guys that are 22 to 98. Mm. Like, no no joke, right? That's that's literally the, the age range. So you got the guys that were in actually in World War II, right? You got the guys that were in Korea, Vietnam. You know, you got, you got all of these things that people have been in these, you know, if you just look at it, the major battles of the United States. But then you got guys from a, a wide swath of, you know, different backgrounds and, you know, understandings of things. And so what I wanted to do is kind of paint it into a picture of, okay, these are the, the, you know, major cultural things that we're aware of, but here's the underliers. And then here's what built upon that and then kind of build it up to where here's what happened in 17. Here's what happened with the long behind the scenes before that. And then here's what happened in 17. And that's kind of, and this is the, the Rocky road we're on now, you know, so it kind of, it paints it in a, in a, in a, a more up-to-date, kind of mindset and i think that kind of really it really worked because i you know i had guys that were just kind of like they were like hey i really didn't even think about this at all but you know this is pretty cool and i'm gonna go do some research which is great you know what i mean that's 
<laughs> that's awesome because if you can get somebody to kind of get into it who maybe didn't have any idea but now they're into it i mean that's perfect you know then you got the other guys who are like yeah i've been into it forever and that's rad too but you know big swath but, of everybody so yeah yeah flares what do you got for john you both have great hair what, what would you like to talk about oh my god i got so much to ask you <laughs> thank you for being here and by the way to oh, you yeah. um the listeners if you haven't watched um what what he put together it's almost like a documentary is his lecture <laughs> in fact it's better than a lot of documentaries if you're just getting into the ufo topic like a lot of my friends <laughs> on uh, facebook please watch his lecture it, it's going to give you a great primer on everything it's just perfect and you know right. it was 130 slides <clears throat> i delivered in an hour and 20 minutes it's it's a great listen i gotta tell you it's terrible my wife was my kept i kept like trying to run it past my wife she's like that's stupid quit quit putting slides in there's too many slides <laughs> take oh, 70 no. out take, yeah she's like take 70 oh, out my gosh. Jesus, Jesus. i'm like i can't this is important it's the thing you know, no, no, you know fatima we gotta take, can't take fatima absolutely thank, you. thank you really appreciate that thank yeah, you very much problem. thank you so i wanted to ask you um as 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 a mason you know you've got houdini was freemason mozart um buzz lightyear um Randall Carlson, the hero of yeah. mine. Have, have you met Randall? Not in real life. Okay. No, okay. Um, that wasn't the question. Um, <laughs> so how does it, Sorry, so Ed, go a, ahead. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so how does being a Freemason affect the way you interpret your understanding of the, the UFO phenomenon? Oh, so that's rad. See, uh, you know, and I talked to Scott Walter, right, his brother as well. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I was like, Scott, I've been looking for this. I mean, Scott's great, man. He's done, you know, so many tv shows and you're just as in his own work and his masonic lectures are amazing too you know there's a couple of them online if you go look for them but cool. i was like scott where's the connection man i know i know it's here i know it's there you know and i know it's in somewhere in all these things and um it kind of like how i um what i found is you know the symbology and it and it always goes back to um you know esoteric uh, i really I, I really had a small understanding of esoteric knowledge before i became a mason and and mm -hmm. And what I did is basically open up the door for me to do more research and kind of get a, a do my own research on a broader understanding of how that plays in everyday life. And there, and uh, let me let me try to come up with a a way to explain this. Well, uh, you, you know, after I became a Freemason, I started noticing uh, symbols and, and things on buildings that I never noticed before. Right, like cornerstones are a Masonic thing where you um, for foundation of a building, you're building a new building. Uh, Washington actually laid the foundation for. Uh, um, the White House, you know, the Capitol building, like it's just a big ceremony that Masons do. It's it's a big thing, and you put this giant cornerstone uh, of the building in, and you know, it's a big ceremony, and it's you know actually engraved, you know. And a lot of times, those are actually time capsules as well. So if that was eighteen sixty two or whatever, there's a big giant time capsule stuff like that. And um, the year that um, it's um, Anna Lucas for for Masonry, so it's four thousand years ahead of what our current year is right so if you if right now it's what is it uh 622 so if we put a cornerstone in a building we'd put 6022 and stamp that on there and then we'd have the actual date or whatever but um you know i've walked by those my entire life and they're everywhere if you start looking for them they're right there boom 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 they're everywhere right so things like that and you're like well that's interesting i didn't know that you know and then you the square and compass you know the masonic square and compass that's kind of everywhere too it's built in the streets you know, um, Sandusky, Ohio, which is not too far from me. The whole entire um, downtown area is a square and compass because the uh, the guy who's a street planner <laughs> was, a, was a mason and he laid it out. And so the middle of the town is uh, right in the dead center of it is the Capitol or the or, or the, you know, the courthouse and all that. And then 
everything else is a square and compass that are, are there. So like there's all these symbols that are hidden there. And I'm thinking to myself, well, like if that's possible, then anything's possible, right? I mean, because like if it's been in front of you your entire life and it only took this experience that I went through to kind of like wake me up to see it, then what are UFOs, right? I mean, is it the same thing? Are UFOs just a symbol that have always been there or a symbol of our subconscious or unconscious or whatever that, that you, we walk by on a regular basis and attribute it to nothing or, or something else? So I think those things were the kind of my catalyst for me to kind of go looking deeper into everything that I already had already kind of looked into. That was a beautiful tie-in at the end. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kev. That was a beautiful tie-in. Now, cool. If I stop making sense, just let me know. <laughs> no, no. Actually, you you mentioned the uh, the shapes, the the, the compass, um, that sacred geometry, right? Um, yeah. Basically, I mean, the sacred geometry. Those are the basic patterns of of existence in 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 the universe. Well, at least this universe, <laughs> if you believe in that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. Um, so, do you have any knowledge of maybe how these concepts have been bridged into the UFO phenomenon? Like, I'm having trouble with the. Yeah, I'm having trouble with that one. Like. Maybe procession. I can see the stars and, but yeah. So, all right, give it to me again. So sacred, sacred geometry in terms of how, the how, universe? how has, has it, <laughs> has it been bridged into the UFO phenomenon yet? Do, uh, do you know of any bridge between uh, the, the geometry of the Masonic order and, and UFOs? Yeah. And in, in, in the phenomenon has it, have those two, I guess those two worlds collided not specific like i i've never seen like a square and compass crop circle <laughs> is that what you're getting <laughs> I, I guess yeah you know what would, i mean like yeah, yeah no i mean i have i haven't seen that i mean that would be super rad if it was there's it one in be. des moines it's just outside of des moines john I'm just oh kidding. No, i thought it was sheboygan i, know, it was, sheboygan. <laughs> I was going to Thanks. sheboygan next I, somebody told me wrong god no yeah no i mean i i don't know i mean there's there's symbology in everything and and yeah you know, I mean, I've sat through lectures with brothers that did sacred geometry lectures that'll blow your mind, right? And, and they tie it into Freemasonry in a in a way through symbols and, you know, basically the core of the universe and, you know, the Fibonacci sequence and, you know, everything, you know, that all lines up, the golden ratio and all that stuff. Golden but, you know, you know, I'm not sitting in the, we're not sitting in Lodge going, yeah, this is the golden ratio lecture. You know, I mean, it's, it's not. So it, it's kind of hard to explain, but Masonry, you go through three degrees, right? And you go through three ceremonies, rituals, right? Through each degree, yeah, entered apprentice, fellow craft, master mason, and through those things, you experience the degrees, and um, basically, you regurgitate those degrees back to ex- ex- to be um, uh, elevated to the next degree, right? So you go through the first degree, and all this stuff happens to you, and then you have to like interpret what happens to you and repeat it precisely the way that it needs to be repeated to the rest of the lodge. And everybody goes, okay, cool, you got it. You can pass to the next degree, right? So th- that happens in, su- in succession, right, three times. And um, it's not until really you're outside of that and you're in your masturbation, you're sitting on the sidelines and watching somebody else go through it that you visually recognize all of these different patterns and these different things that are going on. And um, you can definitely dig into it as far as you want. But basically it's like symbology hidden in allegory and uh you know um basically ritual right so there's a lot of like i said um you know i i was um in shadows of your mind uh magazine um last issue and that was great dave's an awesome guy if you guys haven't read shadows of your mind magazine it's amazing dave does all that himself right 
and he he had a little bit of help in this last one, but he uh you know he he put that in there and, and when, it, you know, Dave and I talked for like two and a half hours and he cut a bunch of stuff and put it up and I just let him run with it. Cause he, he was, he's great. But one of the quotes I put on there is like some, some people become Masons and it just goes right over their heads. And I, I meant that in the most loving way where it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, you get the foundation of, of things, you know, you kind of get the understanding of what's going on and you know, what happened to you and maybe that's it. And other guys like me, like I go right to the bookshelf that nobody's <clears throat> touched forever you know and I, I unlock it and i'm like <laughs> blowing off books and i'm i'm that guy right and i'm going through like a whole bunch of stuff and i'm asking the guys that have been here for literally the guy who's like 98 going okay what does this mean to you and it's cool because you can have that conversation and, and, and you can wow. interpret it in a billion different ways right or you can just be like i got the ring and now i can go to the pancake breakfast <laughs> <laughs> oh. you know like there's i mean so there's a whole bunch of different ways that that, it, it, that each person it, it affects each person right um, I've met some Masons that are just amazing. You know, Jamie Paul Lamb is another brother of mine that, you know, it was, it was on my show. We did a, a lecture and he's actually a, f- a frater, you know, he's um, uh, a Rosicrucian as well. So it's a uh, Rosicrucian part of um, SRICF is a branch of uh, Masonry. And anyways, uh, Jamie, Jamie's amazing. He's written three books. He's an amazing lecturer. He's way into Western esotericism, like deep into it. You know, he's, he studies, he knows all kinds of stuff. You know, we talked about the head of Baphomet for like two hours one night. <laughs> so, wow. you know, like, so, you, and, you know, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's a great guy. So, like I said, but there's other guys that are just like into it for the, you know, the fraternity and, and the camaraderie. camaraderie. And that's cool too. And I'm not saying that's not, that's not a bad thing. I'm just, I'm just saying there's wow. like that. You can find your own way. It's, it's a, a choose your own adventure. There. It's, a, it's a choose your own adventure route. You know, it's, right. it's, it's like that game you're talking about with AI. Yeah, it's, you can you can make it up yourself. It would be really robotic if everybody was the same, you know. I yeah, mean, it wouldn't of course. be any fun if you don't have the differing personalities. It, uh, and it's cool though because we're all we all really respect each other and appreciate each other and love each other to, to to let you to let you have your own personalities. You know, I'm sure there's some there's some people that are like, oh yeah, you know, whatever. And you know, when I first started out, I was kind of uh, nervous a little bit, and that's why I put like the big disclaimer, like, hey, you know, whatever I'm saying is not what any appendant body, any Masonic body is saying, like, I'm not speaking for any appendant body. This is my own personal opinion. This is just me. You know, this is just what I am. And honestly, when I got into it, I was, you know, Ian Doley, I think you see him in the chat. Mm-hmm. Thank God for hit that guy. Oh, What's up, James? Well, that's my dude, right? James, that, how yeah. you doing, brother? Apparently he just needed to know about the pancake breakfast, so. He did. I'm sorry, man. I'll just... get you in next time. Oof. You come in early. <laughs> You can help me flip him, <laughs> but, but that's, he's the guy who reached out to me. and was like, dude, you should do this. And I'm like, no, it's like, yeah, you should do it. I'm like, no, man, I'm, I don't want to get put packed in the back of a van and disappear. I got a family and shit. I don't want to, but you know, he was really, really amazing. And I wouldn't be here without James. Thank you, man. James he's great. In there. He's a great dude and amazing, you know? Um, and he kind of was like, yeah, just do it. You know? Um, and that's what, you know, made me kind of take the leap. You know, uh, I did it. And with the f- fact that I knew I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna make everybody happy. But at the same time, if they were pissed off, they'd they'd come to me and let me know. Right? Mm-hmm. That's how it works. The same way I hope the government comes and tells me, and don't shoot beams at my head or fake abduct me or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know that that you've just given us some food for thought. Uh, James is the goat, by the way. But uh, somebody else that. You know, someday she might be the goat and take over the mantle from James, and that's Deb. 
Could never do that. I could never. Don't put that pressure on you, man. (laughs) I mean, a week, ten days. How long is this gonna take? I'm just, I'm just happy to be really good friends with James. James is awesome. I love James. He's amazing. So, like, I don't. I still gotta figure James. One day, I gotta do like a James. Like, what? I mean. I don't, I don't. I don't know. James. Like I've never seen James be anybody. James knows everybody. He's like, he's like the Godfather of everything. You know what I mean? Like all roads lead to just, James, man. As can, I know. Can you Let's play that know. music from the Godfather? Name? I'm just kidding. I feel like one day he's gonna call me. So. <laughs> I feel like he's gonna call me over to his house one day. He's like, okay, listen, you come to me asking you. a favor. Yeah. <laughs> I made you an offer. <laughs> you can't refuse this. He's like, yes, you gotta go. Not. You gotta go on tour with Greer. I'll be, I'll be Enzo the Baker. If there's a problem, I help you. For your father. For your father. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, James. It's, I love you, James. Okay. I'm just. Yeah, it's true though. It's true. One day we're gonna be doing a CE5, and something's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Ah! I, I'm wait, I'm doing the waiting for James to appear. That's what I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, next time you do a CE5, James is gonna show up. Yeah. It's gonna be in Dolly. He's gonna be like, boom. That's oh, my wow. practice. He's like, what's yeah. up? <laughs> How much you bench? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey. Hey. What are you exactly. doing? Jay, you know, but for my trip home in August, Nate, uh, James said, I hope we get to see each other. So hope means it's not zero percent. Right, James? We're, we're above zero at this point. Just don't trust him if he says you guys have to remote view it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Debs. Let me get this off before we just banter for the next 30 minutes. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm we're going, having fun. I'm going to go deep and serious. So take okay. give me a minute to... So set it up. Oh, okay. okay. Please some this deep breathing, John. So I went down the uh, Freemason research rabbit hole, of course, to prepare for today. And oh. at the heart of it seems to be the Temple of King Solomon. And what I understand is that the temple, supposed, well, they, they said, was designed with ritual in mind, with structure in mind, um, in a very specific way to protect the covenant. Now, my understanding is that they honored the builder who helped create the temple that protects the sacred text and secrets. Is that the crux of what Freemasons are about? Creating the ritual and the structure to protect the sacred and secrets. Hmm... Well, the building of King Solomon's temple was directed by God. Supposedly, the plans, the actual structure, right, the layout was all supposedly created as an instrument to be a mirror representation of the above, as above, so below, right? So um, the entire layout was created for that purpose. In all modern Masonic lodges are laid out in the same fashion. In the lodge room, predominantly, not the entire temple, right? The entire massive temple. So it's to reflect the the beauty and glory of above, right? So, uh, you know, that, that falls into, and a lot of Freemasons don't even, you know, don't know the hermetic principle as above, so below as well. So, I mean, you know, with the black and white 
tiled checkerboard as the floor, you know, all these things like that were all supposedly laid down. And um, King Solomon's um, temple was commissioned by, uh, or the bill, the head mason in charge of building that was um, Hiram Abiff. And that goes into a, a whole other um, <laughs> it, it goes into a whole other allegory and, and basically um, story that you can you can pretty much research. I'm sure it's all out there, um, but it's part of uh, the third degree of masonry. So um, that is a uh, an allegory in itself of you know basically taking the rough ashlar, which is like a rough unpolished stone. And uh, you start out with this big block of stone and you hone it, right? And you shave it and you carve it and you form it into a, pu- a perfect square, right? A perfect cube. And that is basically an allegory for how you are supposed to live your life. You start out with it, you know, as a rough kind of, uh, you know, you're still learning things like that. But as you go, you learn lessons, you, you gain from life experiences, you learn from older you know, uh, brothers or, you know, people in your life that help you shape yourself. And that's kind of what the core of masonry is all about is making good men great, you know, making good men better, you know, those kind of things is like basically it gives you the tools to make yourself a better person, better man, a better human, a better leader, a better person to say, Hey, there's there's something wrong here. I want to fix it. Hey, there's people here that could be helped. How can I help them? And that's kind of what masonry does all across the board. It makes you a better person yourself so that you can go then and make everything else better that you see that you need to. And that's kind of the allegory and, and the things behind that. And those are the lessons that they kind of teach you along the way. So it's it's kind of neat. I mean, I always felt that as before, but it's kind of neat to be tasked with that, to be like, you know, you shouldn't let that person sit there and be in need when you can help them. Right. You shouldn't, you should, if you see something that you need to fix, you should fix it. You know, you should help other people help you fix it. You should make it better. And, um, that's kind of like the core of masonry is like, look, you can make yourself better. Um, and in doing so help the whole entire world, which is awesome. Okay. So you're saying the crux is more so about building up and, making things better because of that that's kind of the underlying theme but you know i asked because everyone thinks freemasons have you know secret texts that they're hiding and protecting and that's why you know that whole parallel came to mind with the Mm -hmm. building being designed to protect the covenant and so on and so forth there's other (laughs) there's a there's three degrees in freemasonry never said that's the highest degree you can get as a master mason after that there's a pen and bodies. You have the York Rite, the Scottish Rite, the um, Knights Templar. You have, you know, we're not, you know, Rosicrucians. You have all these other pen and bodies. But what they always say is the three degrees of the core, three main degrees of masonry, right? Um, and there's nothing higher than that. So after throughout the years, there was other stories and allegories they put in and created different pen and bodies that still had good morals and, and historical narratives and, and truths that were built into them. So... Some of those dependent bodies touch upon the Ark of the Covenant, potentially, <laughs> and some of them don't, uh, you know, so it's it's one of those things where, you know, um, is it another allegory? Is it another, is it a literal, literal um, retelling of a story? I mean, I've seen the Ark of the Covenant like four times, 
but it's you know made out of plywood and spray painted with cold Krylon. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, but, right? But who's to say what's in it or what was in it? I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those things. It's a good price for Krylon because the Rustoleum. You ha- you never see it on sale, so you never see it on sale. I think you'd, you're you're right about that. And, you know, it's got the primer in it too. It's right, primer it's true. It makes it a little pricey. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'd like to shift gears. We're going into uh, f- fourth gear now. Unfortunately, I didn't pay enough for a five speed, but. Um, <laughs> but I felt like I rambled. I felt like I, that was a big politician answer. I felt like I was no. like Harry Reid on that one for some reason. No. I <laughs> oh, you know, uh, uh, Jazz Shaw said Harry Reid has yet, yet he has yet to utter his last word. So I can't wait to hear what that might be. And and Deb also has some theories on what groups that he may have been part of. But um, for now, what I want to ask the Mormons? You, he was a Mormon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's some other groups, uh, and I'll, I'll let. Uh, Deb expand on that. I don't want to steal her thunder. Um, and yeah, Jeez, James, Deb, James, I spill it. I hear, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're talking about James. degrees. I can't one tell you what was Congress. It's uh, Congress. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that was one. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, the, ra- the Raven Aviary is mm. what she thinks oh. he was part of. The Raven Aviary. Mm. So, um, oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Majorowski, I knew you the were gonna be a blast on this show. I knew we were gonna love you and uh oh, well, we are we you. do. Um good. So but last time you and I spoke, uh we I think we had a stream yard and we just talked about the connection. It was me and you and Deb. We were just we were just chatting it was up. Was Deb there? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. Deb that's there. That's thank the only you. reason I'm That's here. Cool. I love you, DJ. But not mm-hmm. <laughs> oh Deb well, awesome. <laughs> thank you, Deb, for getting him to come on. It's <laughs> the reason we're thank, all here. Yeah, thanks for remembering me, DJ. That's cool. I'm Spotlight sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just teasing you. It was a lot of glasses of wine ago. Okay, so um, anyway, you were talking about the cross section between, and I had trouble with this, and so I, I, th- I think you might be able to help me out here. Is between spirits what i would think of as ghosts that haunt Mm. places and the phenomenon that we see as uaps or ufos and you feel a connection between those two things so massive okay please yeah i mean if just read um skinwalkers at the pentagon i mean that that'll tell you right there um I can't remember who else did this as well, but somebody else recently just put out, you know, the overlay of the UFO sighting map and like the, 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 um, uh, poltergeist or whatever, you know, like the ghost sighting map or whatever it is. And, um, I'm actually writing a couple books right now, believe it or not, two of them. <laughs> so, yeah, but not one where vamp where Jesus is a vampire and Nathan is. But anyway, that's beside that's the point. Oh, yeah. no, but that sounds rad. I'll read that <laughs> whole, whole different sure. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, <laughs> can I write the foreword to that book? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to be playing the the main vampire. It's true, he will be. <laughs> Where's your cover. teeth at, Flair? Mm-hmm. Oh man, I want to make this. DeLong's going to put out his movie, and ours is going to be way better. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh like, my you don't have God. vampire Jesus, do you? That's, nope. No, nobody's going <laughs> to nope. Trust me. Nope. There's a collaboration has just been put together. This mm-hmm. is almost like when Nathan met Exo Academian for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he showed up in Jesus became a vampire? Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. It's weird things happen, man. I get, I get it. You guys are in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ask. Oh, you got blood sows. You got the you got bases down there. It's a weird state. Going on. It is. Oh, I love God. it. That's great. And Micah Hanks thought he was, okay, we were coordinating for Micah Hanks, and, and we were dying to get him on the show. And he messaged today, hey, am I on at 9 tonight? I'm like, wait, <laughs> I thought you were in Brazil. And we were supposed to set a date. So that would have been ironic because we believe that Nathan Exoacadamian and uh, Micah Hanks are neighbors. Essentially, so <laughs> I think they're the same person. I've never yeah. seen all three of them. It's spot. true. Yeah. Nathan, can you prove it? Do you have anybody? Well, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. He can't. He can't prove he's it. He's doing both voices on Liminal Frame. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. He's just got. He's just got like a little tweak thing. He just like hits it up on the side. Hit shifted a little bit. This just is ridiculous, man. He we should be. Pa- I'm going to send you a check hey. after the show. This is just too good. Uh, so, I forgot okay. the question. Was there a question? Okay. Yeah, there, there was a question there. Oh. Get the right, check. So, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Mazel tov. I want the check. Yeah, wait. <laughs> Flair's like, I want to get paid. All right. So Nathan will take care of your benefits plan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this is the thing, John. So. You're in Connecticut. You're at this conjuring house. You know. Oh, you have okay. Little... So yeah. The, the, oh okay. yeah. Okay. So the, the, yeah. So there's. Uh, so I don't want to get too deep into because I'm writing a couple of books with with a, another guy who's is amazing. I don't want to say his name. He's a, he's a he's a really great dude. And he, he and I. I'm just kidding. No. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> and uh, um, he kind of he kind of got me hip to it, and we've been really expounding upon it. But but basically, there's a way, there's a, a massive overlap. And and he came from the world of the whole. Um, I'm going to go investigate this whole poltergeist thing where there's stuff flying off the wall, the kids can't sleep, the dog's getting harassed. You know, people, you know, like there's stuff flying out of their drawers and all this shit. And you know, um, didn't see the the UFO side of it. And then you know, the orbs were a part of it and all these things. But then he started overlapping the whole um, UFO sighting thing. And it was like verbatim, one for one, boom, 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 boom. Like all the places that he was, he, like he he went out, and, you know, he's got like the tri-field meters and he had like people that went with them and they did all these things. And he said, that, you know, a lot of this stuff was like the refrigerator was screwed up. The electrician had to come in and like, you know, they do, they do like a, a legit scientific investigation. They get somebody to come look at all the electrical in the house. They come to look at, you know, make sure that your sewer's not backing up and you're getting methane and, you know, you're seeing, you know, he they, they do it legit. And, and the ones that they can't explain has this massive correlation with UFO sightings. And it's it's always like aerial phenomenon, things like that. And it's not only that, it's like the cryptid thing, too. It's like, or, you know, like people saw Bigfoot or a wolf or, you know, like any of that saw a bat or, you know, like some giant thing, you know. And it's like there's these pockets of just mayhem, <laughs> you know, that happen. And people get kind of caught up in the middle of it. And, um you know, and I think that's kind of one of the biggest, um, the biggest, you know, we were talking really early on about, you know, the drama on, on UFO Twitter and all those things. It's like, well, the UFO Twitter people don't talk to the Bigfoot people and the Bigfoot people don't talk to the ghost people and the ghost people don't talk to anybody, you know. And it's like, <laughs> man, everybody just needs to talk to everybody because um, until we can share data and, and get into a, you know, a no, um, uh, what, am I, what, what are the words I'm looking for? Like a, like a, 
um, Deb, help me out. Like where it's like it's okay to talk about everything. What's the psychological term when you talk about? It's, like, it's okay to talk about all these things. Uh, I don't, know, I'm uh, just gonna call it being open-minded. I mean, well, they, like, well there you go. I thought, I thought there was their term for it, but you know, basically, it's like you're open to express all of your feelings and emotions without judgment, right? Or you can just get up here and say, "Yeah, I saw a ghost. Okay, cool. I saw a Bigfoot. Oh, all right, I saw a UFO. Yeah, cool. Well, my refrigerator flew open and all the ice flew out of it. Like, all right, cool. So is it the same thing? Is it something different? Is it, uh, is it whatever it is to the individual person experiencing it at that moment? Possibly. Are you influencing it yourself by whatever your bioelectrical chemical makeup is? Maybe. Is there a magnetic field disruption? Is it all of those things? Probably. I don't know. I feel the, the difference I feel, it seems to me, and this is just, so I just, I want to just take this with, I'm open to any possibility. This is just what I think and what I feel, and I'm open that I could be completely wrong about this. I feel like ghosts are representative of humans' spirits or consciousnesses that have died and have, for some reason, decided to remain in a physical location for either a positive reason, for, uh, as they tell mediums sometimes, that there was business that was left unaccomplished or possibly for malice uh, that we see in, in instances where they're violent with someone in the house, either physically or, or something. And I feel like the, the, the phenomenon that I think of as, and I'm just going to use the term UFOs, I'm thinking of as something that uh, either comes from another dimension, something that comes uh, from uh, possibly a different time space and then enters into our time space to look around as they did with the Navy kind of surveil, see what the Navy's doing, these types of things. So I see them as different things. One of them used to be a human that is some, for some reason connected itself to a specific location or person because sometimes they, there's that hitchhiker. And I think of the UFOs as something that is coming and interacting with us for a different reason. I have no idea. I don't know either. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, it's just a feeling I have. I I don't know that I'm right. I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and by you feeling that, that, that makes it true to you. Maybe. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, but I'm I open mean, to be wrong. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I, um, when I was a kid, I saw a ghost. It scared the shit out of me. Uh, like uh, a person type thing? Yeah. Or, yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. And it wasn't until I was 17 or 18, so I met a, a lady named Chris Woodward. Woodyard. She writes these books. She's got a giant series of books called Haunted Ohio. She's got like 10 of them or something like that. Amazing, right? She's an amazing author. Nice lady. And I was working at a radio station at the time in Dayton. It was Halloween. We had like the Halloween thing, and it was like in a building from the 1800s, and it was like, you know, it was a slaughterhouse in the 1800s, but they turned it into a radio station. Wow. Amazing, Perfect. right? I so mean, Yeah. So I got to work overnights, right? I got to do uh, 10, or, yeah, 10 p.m. to 10 a.m., right? So I was there by myself, and I saw some weird stuff, right? Like chairs spinning in circles and all this other shit, like just weird stuff. And I asked her, like, off the air, I'm like, look, this is what I'm seeing, whatever. And she looked at me, and she's like, you could stop seeing it if you want to. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you just tell yourself you don't want to see it anymore. And when that happens, you're like, nope, done. I don't want to see it. I'm like, that's it? She's like, that's it. That's what I got to do. So the next time something that happened, I was like, nope, I'm done. And then 
I didn't see anything anymore for a long time. I'm talking mm. about 10, 20 years, 15, 15 years or something like that, right? Until I allowed myself to be able to open to whatever that was without, because it really scares the, the hell out of you, you know? And because you don't know what it is, you, you immediately go to the thing like, oh, it's my dead grandma. It's whatever, right? You know, I don't know what that is. But um, the, the power that you have mentally to be able to, to or, or to not experience those things is massive and it's so undervalued. So she taught me that. She taught me that you can allow yourself to do these things or allow yourself not to do those things. And, and from my personal experience, I find that to be true. But like I've said this before in a couple of different interviews, it's just, it's harder to turn the knob back on than it is to turn it off. It's, it's easier to turn it off, but mm-hmm. um, because you know, all of the um, social implications or whatever, like, you know, and all these other things and two, plus you just don't want to be scared. You know, what? I'm just going to try to go to the bathroom at three in the morning. I don't want to see two people hanging out in the hallway. Got right? no time like, for that. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> <clears throat> I really got to go take a leak, a lady. I don't. <laughs> I don't Give me that toilet know. paper. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're going to do something, clean up. That's what I, that's, that's exactly what I did. I got really pissed because this thing came out and I'm like, look, if you're going to be here, do the laundry or something. Cause like, like, like I got, I got, like, I got nothing to do right go. now. Like Cook help or out, up or do help out or get out. Like help out or get out. I don't know what to tell you. Well, but, I mean, just like that, you, yeah. You know, just like you talked about earlier about the cornerstone and, and things that you started to see as you became a Mason that had been there all along. You know, the, the truth of the matter is that we're born into a world that is already putting the blinders on us and is already, you know, kind of keeping us in a lane. And so I agree with you. It is really hard to open the valve. It's it's a lot easier to shut it because in, in many ways it's already shut when we get here. Um, and so here, I, and then preconditioned by society and you're, oh, you're exactly. bringing in whatever else is just shut down. But then, then you look at the like cultures like India mm-hmm. where, where reincarnation is just welcomed it and, and embraced. And they find these people that are like, Hey, this, my daughter was born with this giant birthmark on her chest. And she's like, yeah, I got shot by the guy that's two villages down. And then they go down two villages and she's four and they take her down there and they're like, Oh yeah, this is the guy. <laughs> yep. And that's my gra- and that's my grandma and that's Aunt Sue and like all this stuff and they're like yeah and then you know like that happens a lot in that mm-hmm. in in that society and in, in that in that culture right but here you know my dad told me a couple a long time he's like if reincarnation happened here in America it'd be so it'd so be so bizarre because everything changes so often it's like do you imagine that like if you reincarnated or like you know it's 50 years 100 years whatever it's like shit there's a taco bell where the house used to be <laughs> you know there's like mm-hmm. there's like there's all these things that are different you know what i mean like everything would be completely changed you wouldn't have your bearings or whatever and plus we don't have the cultural or psychological makeup to even embrace that idea we have, we have no embracement of that idea but other cultures like india specifically are like yeah this is what's going on cool and there's so many stories out of india about that and that's just completely overlooked I don't mean to uh, break in Nathan's because uh, Nathan's got the con right now. But do do you have a place that you want to explore in the world that you would like to take all of your knowledge and all of your sort of curiosity to? South Carolina. It's right down below you, man. <laughs> I, I I'm never in, go there. That's him. I'm in that's, Florida. It right. doesn't exist to me. That's uh, I stopped. Oh. I said no to it a long time ago, and the, no, yeah, yeah, it's just Why not there anymore. Him? Why is it just like, why is it not a Carolina? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just, I digress. It's a good question. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a very good question. Well, I, you know, I think um, and there's so many themes that I wanted to touch on with what you just said, but, it, you know, I, I, as you know, I'm, I'm a very community focused person. 
And I think that, um, you know, one thing that I think we're all kind of struggling with in the 21st century is virtual community, how we make virtual community work. Those of us who've been in real communities, like meat space communities, like we, we've inherited long traditions that have preceded us that, that allow that community to have cohesion, meaning value. And, and there's, there's something really tangible about that in the virtual space. It's much more difficult, I think, to, to kind of create that, uh, you know, what are some things that you think we, we can do to better cement our virtual communities, you know, where we can kind of extend open hands as opposed to close fists when we engage with each other? That's a really great question. I, I, um, in, and to me, it goes back to empathy, you know, and, and that's kind of where I live. And I think that's probably just the way I was born and the way, the way I act, but, you know, I've, you know, not always, I guess it's been reinforced, I guess, throughout my life because it's such a superpower, you know, um, empathy is, is a massive superpower, you know, Buddy Bolton, I think he told me that, that empathy is a superpower, you know, um, and it's true. Um, you, you don't have any idea the struggles that other people are going through at all. Like you really don't. I mean, you can try to put yourself in their shoes. You can try to, you know, wrap your mind around what they're dealing with or whatever. And, and, you know, we're such a reactionary species. Right. And, and, um, uh, you know, um, your partner in crime who doesn't have a face, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you has a great analogy about this, you know, where, and we, we've talked about this too. Um, exoacademia, you know, he and I talked about this where it's like, we have these things built into us that are our knee jerk reactions. And the analogy, I think that what we talked about expounded upon was about spiders, right? Like I'm scared. Like, I don't know why I was just born. I don't like a spider. If I see a spider, I'm just boom. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just done. Like I don't care. I'm killing every spider I see. I don't know what that <laughs> is. I don't know why. It's arachnophobia. Sorry. Right. But I mean, it was built into me and like, it wasn't like a, you know, like a, you know, a thing. Right. But I mean, that, that was a, a, a thing. Right. So once I started recognizing that and after we had that conversation, him and I, you know, and then I started seeing spiders everywhere. They just started fucking showing up like everywhere. Like, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. like just coming and I'm like, I really shouldn't kill you. <laughs> like that, that right. was the wrong move. I really, but I don't like you. I really shouldn't kill you, but I just, you know, like I, you know, so it, it takes a lot of self um, regulation and, um, and uh, restraint mm. to be, to be able to go against whatever that initial push is mentally, physically or whatever. Um, and I can't remember where I'm going with this, but I think him and I talked Empathy. about it, or maybe he's talked about it before. That's like, what if, what if another entity that showed up from a dimension, a craft, or whatever, that showed up and it looked like a spider, right, <laughs> or something that you really just immediately just want to punch in the face, right? Like a, a, a immediate gut reaction, like, how do you stop yourself from doing that? And like, how do you stop yourself from doing that as a whole? You know, it's like this thing showed up and it was like the nicest thing in the world, but it was a eight-legged hairy spider <laughs> it, just, it just wanted to give you like the secrets of the universe and the first thing i do is just punch it in the grill bam like you know like like how do you how do you harness that uh that instinct that's built into you and i, I don't know i don't know i think it's i don't know if it's meditation or getting to know yourself or putting yourself in a situation where that sucks and learning how to mm-hmm. overcome it ah, 
I'm still learning every day. I don't know. <laughs> I can I can actually speak to that a little bit, John, from your point is that Domin I think it was Dominic Monaghan who famously was in Lost, that movie Lost, and he's been excuse me, that television series, that hit TV series Lost. And he was on with Joe Rogan. He was talking about ants. And he went through this entire um, uh, diatribe about basically how intellectual ants are, how they work together, how valuable they are, and how you know people will run over ant hills with their cars. And it really struck me. And so what I started to do after that, because uh, people come on their show and said, well, you know, uh, you know, you say that I, I, you know, you shouldn't just indiscriminately shoot a squirrel, but yet you'll just, you know, crush ants or, or, or some sort of an insect. So I started taking things and putting them outside. So if there's some sort of an insect in my house that I don't want on there, I'll just try Dude, to grab I'm doing, hold of I'm it. I'm doing the same thing. I, I open the like door. To... Yeah, <laughs> and I just put them out. I just put them outside if I don't want them in there. But I'm doing the I don't same thing. set ant traps anymore or. You know, uh, I try to just leave them alone. If I, I'm, I'm out in the forest all the time, like mm -hmm. and these guys know every weekend or when I'm off work, I'm out there. So if I see something, I'll just try to go around it without stepping on it, without if it's not bothering me. Now, obviously, when there are certain flies that hurt real bad that are on my neck, your instinct, you 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 hit them. Oh, yeah. But if they're not yeah, bothering yeah. me, I'm not I'm not bothering them. So I just kind of look at it. That way I live and let live. If you're not bothering me, you know, you're okay, whether it's a snake or whatever, you know. It's hard to get into that 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 groove. I mean, you know, and I think it's probably bred into us for survival at some point where a spider bit somebody, killed them, and, like, all these people are like, yep, nope, that's not going to happen anymore. Same thing with a snake. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, it's mm – -hmm. I think I, I was really fascinated. I, I remember – seeing this documentary and I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was on uh, something where it was like pre pre it was like right during world war two or somewhere near there where Russia started domesticating foxes. Mm. And it was like this lady who was like in her eighties or nineties. And, and basically what they did is they took all these foxes and they put them in cages outside and they, this lady would walk up to him and she put her hand next to the cage. And if the fox would be like, <laughs> whatever. And it would just attack the lady, you know, and she go to the next one and the fox would just be like, yeah, whatever. And then, the next one, the fox would come up and kind of sniff her, right? And she'd do that, and they'd find, like, a male and female, and then they'd breed them, and they kept doing that. And it was, like, 70 years. They did it for 70 years. And the fox's, like, ears got smaller. Their tails got bushier. They, like, they basically created a domestic fox after 70 years, after this breeding of, like, taking, like, the chill foxes and breeding them together to create this fox. And now they have, like, domesticated foxes. And they did this all through the war, like, all this stuff. And, like, in Russia, they, they had this program. So it's, like, so now they have, like, this generational thing where, like, it's bred in. And it's, like, and I think they've done massive research to where it's, like, I could be completely wrong. So, But I think it's, like, seven generations where an inherited trait is, is bred into you. So, like, seven generations ago, somebody... Inher I inherited a, a spider being bad. <laughs> and so for mm -hmm. me, it's just bam, you know, and, and that's what it is. So if you think about that in the long run, like how many thousands of years have we been inherited, whatever our traits are, right? From, I like whiskey, maybe. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. Maybe it was around then. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> But but honestly, I think that's that's like a, a, a real, that's a legitimate thing that you can look up. It's an inherited trait after seven generations. So, who's to say that 
somebody could potentially manipulate our genetic predisposition or, or our reaction to a certain person, place, or thing mm-hmm. to it's conditioning, right? Basically, it's just mental conditioning or physical mental conditioning, all of it. Right. Nathan, do you think we've been manipulated? Uh, During this know, talk? Yes. <laughs> no, not just by you, John. I mean talk. by Oh, no, I was talking about, about Deb. She say, she's not saying a lot, but she's saying a lot. That's I'm what I'm saying. Watch Deb. Uh, oh, no, you know, I, I, know. I, I do think uh, we are manipulated by things we see, seen and unseen. Let's put it that way. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think John would concur, you know, with uh, you know, his understanding of symbology and the way that it shapes the way we think about the world. Um, you know, so that both generationally and in our current present moment, we are shaped by forces of our own awareness and and uh, and, and that those things that we are not cognizant of. And, uh, you know, I, th- this topic, both, I think, with the community aspect of it, but also, as we just talked about with the paranormal, our ability to engage with it, and I, I, I keep... Uh, and James just picked the perfect title for his for his channel, engaging the phenomenon. Like, <laughs> yes. It's you know to have a relationship with anything, you have to have engagement, mm-hmm. and to have understanding, you have to have engagement. So this is true for human relationships, and it's going to be true for for non human relationships. You know, I think that the universe is teeming with life, both seen and unseen. There are many, many different kinds of, uh, you know, sort of intelligent things that are out there. And it really is, it's just a matter of our awareness, you know, kind of broadening our willingness to say, yes, there might be something to this. And, and sure enough, things kind of fill the, the void or the door that we begin to leave open. Uh, you know, and what does that, that say about our, our kind of who we are and our mental you know, sort of the ways our minds interact with, with reality. Uh, you know, to me, it's all intertwined. That's why, you know, you really can't take the paranormal out of ufology. It really is all connected. Uh, it's all happening in conscious experience. Maybe that's yeah. the bridge, but it, you, you know, you can be, and I think what you're saying is you can be manipulated by programmers at your favorite news channel and, or an unseen intelligence that, is around you that you don't see. Yeah. Okay. Flarius, what you got, man? Oh, I like pie. <laughs> pie or cake, yeah. John? Pie or cake? <laughs> pie or cake. Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, mm. It's a tough one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Actually locked up, man. He totally locked yeah. up. You, you don't want to offend either either side, you know, because <laughs> they're in the audience. Like they got to be Kirk, Luke Skywalker. Be careful, bud. God, I've had cake that Leo. had pie in it, and I've had like pie that <laughs> tasted like cake. Oh, he's not even going for Star Wars or Star Trek. He's staying on the he's pie. Saying, I know. When you told me pie or cake, I just got really hungry and like I no, this is weird great. about it. And, um... That's cool, man. No. Sorry. Nathan's gonna be pie. I'm like, uh, I mean, I like pie too. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like I, pie? Actually, <laughs> have on. you ever met anybody that was like, I nah, man, pie. I don't like pie. pie. Yeah, right. No. I've never met anybody said that about cake either. Like, listen, man, I just you don't know, like cake. cake. If they say <laughs> you don't have to have a relationship, both worlds. So. 
I've never right. met anybody that didn't like any one of any of those things that you just not you know right. said. But so. Kevin, that's how we should greet the aliens with pie or cake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Come on, right. both. Is... Here's a pie cake. Mm-hmm. Want to give us pancakes? That's true. Oh, pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> Waffle House hash browns. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, at, it's a rare moment, Flair, when we're looking to you to get mm. us back on the rails. This time. Okay. <laughs> well, I Can you imagine it. all of us I walking into actually. the Waffle House at 3 a.m.? Can you imagine <laughs> all of us coming in there? It'd be an amazing Listen, night. We're going to tell you guys house. something yeah. real yeah. cool. Here we go. That's right. <laughs> guys, actually, for for John, actually, um, I just want to know what what the overall message or goal is of your your channel. Oh, what do you want to what do you want to bring to your audience, you know, the overall yeah, tell us, well, tell them. Dude, that's a great question. That is a really good question. So, thank you. In Dolly and I am like, what am I going to do? And he's like, you have a different voice that I haven't heard before that talk, you know, that you're a Freemason, you're talking about this. And I I looked around like I wasn't <laughs> I was looking and I was like, are you just making this up? But no, I couldn't find any other Freemasons that were talking about it. And what I really wanted to do was find other Masons. Right. That was like the initial goal was like, hey, I know your brothers are out there. Yeah. DeLong. Right. Actually, it was amazing. Right. Um, and and there's other brothers out there. Right. Um, and I'm like, I can't be the only one. Like, I can't be the only one. Not not only, you know in our in our in a little twitter sphere or whatever or our environment but there's got to be other brothers out there that are like yeah i know what's going on and i got nobody to talk to about this like i've experienced it or i've been involved in it or some weird stuff happened to me or i know a guy or whatever you know the the bonds that we have and and the you know oaths that we take for each other make it so that like I can tell you anything in the entire world and I know that you're never going to tell anybody else about this bit. I know I can trust you with this and I can tell you about it. And even if it's just for the cathartic or the or or, or the you know just I got to get it off my chest because I couldn't tell you know my mom or my dad you know or any or my wife even because they would think I'm whatever you know even just just to get that type of camaraderie or just to like be that outlet or just to be like look dude you're cool this is a real thing you don't have to worry about you know like um don't freak out you know like this is you know a real thing and 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 you know I can help you know let's help each other or figure it out and that's kind of what I was really into was like I know there's other people out there that are um like-minded in that and then like i said there's i I always feel like there's a (laughs) i keep bugging walter you know and and i'm like there's got to be something in here that you know in in freemasonry where it's like where like where is this thing you know where is this consciousness connection or where is the you know where is the the key to um to unlock you know what what we we recognize as the phenomenon right around us you know and and is that something that Freemasonry has always known that is hidden inside of the allegory and symbolism throughout history? Is it? I think I personally think that it is. I, I, I'm going to try to figure it out. I would love any other <laughs> brothers out there or anybody else who can help me try to get to that path. Um, but I, I really do think that there's something in there, and, and I'm and. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not sitting here on a high horse or, or or saying I know anything more than anybody else, and I'm not. And 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 all I'm saying is that 
I had to keep oaths and secrets to the degrees that I went through and, and the rituals and the, and, and the signs and symbols and the, you know, um, things that I did. Other than that, I can tell you everything, anything I want to, but I think that as a human, when I went through the degrees and I went through the rituals, it did something to me psychologically to where I'm different and not, and not in a bad way, but it, it kind of like, it's an initiatory school, right? It's a, it's a mystery school. It's a, it's, it's something that I think was built the way that they built the degrees was built in a way that it unlocks something in, in, in a, a human where it's like, cool. Now mm. you have the ability to go to pancakes or figure out the mysteries of the world. I don't know. But but that's where I'm at. Awesome, thank you. I hope that makes sense. That's a great answer. <laughs> and uh, we got to get Debs in there. We have about 23 minutes left. Debs. Okay, I want to go to human initiated contact. I think it's time. James. <laughs> so, um, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, Jerry. obviously, if, if you if you want, you can summarize a little bit of what's happening there for you. But I think I want to just um, get kind of like the takeaway for you with human initiated contact. Mm. Like personally or as a, as a whole? Yeah, I guess I, I want people to make their own decisions ultimately if they want to try it or not. But if you could, you know, give advice hmm. or, you know, let people know whether or not it's worth it, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's worth, I think it's worth it. And, um, you know, nobody, uh, this is the, I don't know if James is still there or not, but anyways, I'm calling him out. So, um, the first time I had a bunch of Masons, um, together, there was eight of us. We booked a, uh, remote cabin in the middle of literally nowhere, Ohio, where there was, we didn't have electricity, right? We're off the grid, solar panels, windmill. Bank of batteries. We're in a cabin. There's an airport to the south of us, a small regional airport. It's a tiny little thing. And but other than that, there was just black, black sky. And this video is on my channel too. And I got there and I was like, "Look, guys!" And everybody kind of knows me, right? Obviously, <laughs> I'm like, "I want to do this thing, you know, called C five Human Initiated Contact." What I want to do is kind of like. All of us get in the mode. We kind of want to, like, you know, meditate, kind of get into this idea of uh, opening ourselves up to bringing these things in, right? To be able to accept whatever's coming in and ask them to come and, and uh, so we can see them. And I've been, I've been talking to these guys for like a week before, right? And I'm just talking, texting. I'm like, yeah, this is what I want to do. We're, we're driving down. I'm talking to them about it, talking to them about it. We get to this cabin. It's beautiful. We all get there. We kind of like go up. It's like, you know, um, two stories but the second story's got a deck that wraps all the way around it so we all get up there and we're like all hanging out we all get on the top deck you know the, the deck and we're just looking out it's a beautiful blue blue sky white puffy clouds and all of us see like a white tic-tac go from one cloud like to another one and everybody's like whoa and it's like yeah did you see that you're like yeah we saw that and everybody's like super pumped right so we had like our day we had dinner we all cooked we have a good time we're hanging out we had a fire and I'm like, all right, we're going to do this. So one of our brothers, I, uh, he travels a lot and he has like a, just this meditation music. It's just like, you know, whatever tones. And so he's like, yeah, let's do that. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's just turn that on. And like, just like, 
let's all sit around. We're sitting around this fire. Let's all meditate. And just, I said, uh, all I want you to do is just kind of get into the mode of just being accepting, not scared, just hopeful, peaceful. We're just going to sit here and just breathe in and out and, and just ask whatever it is to come to us. And basically, I think, I don't know if I, where I got this from, maybe, maybe James, but basically it was just, you know, start, like if, if you think you're in Google Maps, right, and you think where we're at and just go all the way up to the universe as far as you can and then come back down and just kind of think of, you know, kind of sending out that signal of love, you know, that we're here. So we're all just sitting there, you know, and it's just quiet and we're just hanging out. Like 25 minutes goes by, you know, we're just hanging out. We're like, okay, cool. And we're just sitting around and we all open our eyes. We're kind of looking around. It was like, yeah. That was cool because we're all relaxed. We're in this chill state. Nothing's really going on. And I, I, I bought one of those psionic um, color night vision cameras, right? Like that, you know, cool, like, you know, color night vision camera. So I'm just like, I have that sitting there. And we're all just sitting there. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, orange orb out of nowhere. There's light, you know, there's, you can see planes in the background flying around, you know, and I'm like, holy crap. We can all see with our eyes and I'm looking at it. And like I, like I said before, like it, I filmed it for so long, I was just handing the camera around. I'm like, it's the same thing we're looking at, but it's, you know, a little bit enhanced. And we're just hanging out, you know, hanging out. And they would just kind of go and then kind of went over us. And it was amazing. You know, we had a great night. And the second night, same thing, right? But second night, it was just more pronounced. It was just slower and just stopping and just hanging out and stopping and hanging out. It was getting to the point where my arm's tired, you know. I'm like, (laughs) "Uh, okay, cool. You know, and just hand the camera out. And it was just a calm peaceful kind of feeling where it was just kind of like a hey it was just, it, felt, it felt like it was just kind of like hey you know we're kind of here we're hanging out you know and um it was really awesome and like i said you know being amazing and all those guys were just completely open to like john's you know even if even if internally they're going john's out of his fucking mind <laughs> like, but they, but they were still into it but it's cool right we're all doing it right like if somebody told me to pick up a like a, a banjo and start playing because they thought it'd be cool i mean i would try it because it was just fun you know that's how the how we right. are right so that that happened right like that that literally happened and it was just like well yeah that that can happen so um it, you know james is like the dude like james has done that stuff without even trying and and you know um any of us can do it. It, it, it. The thing is, is that it. If there's more of us, I, I feel like if there's if there's more people, it's more of an amplifier. It's more of like a, a resonant amplifier, right? Where you get like you know four or five, five, you know, two people's better than one, and four and three, you know, whatever. And, but it's not. There, I'm not saying that you can't just do it by yourself. You can do it by yourself too. Hey, and hey, it's John, just there. D- despite me, uh, I am definitely signing up to go and do one of these in James uh, August. 13th when i'm there in new york uh and by the way he lives right across from my hometown favorite restaurant like right across the street uh but oh. anyway <laughs> anyway deb has a concern about the ce5 protocol that she's expressed oh. before so i'd like her to address it with you i want to know this too yeah dj what, what which one <laughs> what you're call, what you're calling in what are you what are you summoning Oh, yes. Are you summoning the devil? No. (laughs) Okay, no, I thought you meant because of the origin of the terminology and the concept. But no, that's another concern. But anywho. Oh. um, (laughs) But but no, it is is a concern um, because at times... If Greer shows up the next time I do a CE5, I'm never doing it again. (laughs) (laughs) 
If I and Dooley shows I'm up, just I'm saying doing that. it again. Yeah, yeah if Ian Dooley shows up, I'm doing it every day. Absolutely. I'll, I'll just say that I've already had a conversation with James about career today because I won't go into why. But yes. Uh, okay. Um, so I guess my concern is sometimes when I try to basically communicate, this is just the easiest way to say it, I get an impression that it is like a warning of caution. Um, and I imagine, you know, I'm definitely not the only one who's gotten that impression of mm-hmm. just being careful that not everything is benevolent. So that would be where the concern is. Yeah, no, totally. I, you know, I mean, I think if, um, you know, if, if you go into the whole, you're creating your reality with your mind avenue, if you want to see werewolves, you're going to, right? If you want to see angels, you will. If you want to see demons, you will. If you want to see, you know, I don't know, trolls, you're going to see, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like that whole, you know, like it's like where, whatever you're scared of or whatever you're, uh, you, you know, you can't put that out there. It's kind of, it, it's, this is the, this is a really dumb analogy, but it's perfect. It's like Ghostbusters, right? It's like, don't think of anything. It's like Ray. This is State Marshmallow, Marshmallow Man. Marshmallow Man. <laughs> it's like ah, it's like literally. I think that's literally what it is. You know, I, I literally. It's like uh, I don't want to see the devil. Well, guess what showed up? <laughs> you know, it's like, We're so not going to talk about me Bigfoot and hiking right now. I've, I, I've yeah, also. Right? I've I've said it's also a little like we're setting out a call and they may be coming along going, oh, it's one of our friends. Oh, it's a human. Why are they misdialing us? Yeah, right. It's like, wrong number, dude. I'm going to teach you a lesson. (laughs) Dave's not here, man. Yeah, Dave's not here. I'm going to give you a sunburn you're not going to forget. (laughs) 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 I mean, how to come back from that. I, I, <laughs> you can't. Nathan, you're gonna have a tough time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, honestly, John, the the story that you just shared it evoked in me this picture of the ancient human family, you know, out on the savanna, you know, around a fire, just enthralled by the heavens, mm-hmm. and and seeing the sort of stories of their own lives projecting those onto that celestial story and and vice versa and i wonder you know is there is the c5 you know kind of act is that something that we are is that kind of this residue of something ancient that we used to do just all the time and it was more alive than than it is now because that's something that we just did as part of our everyday experience. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously when anything is part of a, well, I mean, if you take it back to that point, those people were a billion percent more connected to the biosphere the ecosystem that than we are right now. Right. I mean, we're sitting in, I mean, we're basically doing magic. I'm talking to you guys all over the globe. Right. right. And from my basement, right. Where I have all these things and you know, all this stuff. I mean, those people had like dirt 
caked in places that they're never going to get out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're living like they were living in, in, in the bios, in the environment that, that we, we seldom do. We do, you know, exponentially, right? We, we kind of go, ah, we're going to go on vacation or we're going to go out in the backyard, do a slip and slide. And oops, mm-hmm. I got dirt in my mouth. Like, you know, but these people like live that, right? So when I think when you're connected to that, you have a greater connection to it, right? Mm-hmm. And so like when I think when we were out, where we were out in the middle of nowhere, literally like, a, a, and it's funny about this because Ian Dooley, if he's still here or not, I remember him calling me because like, <laughs> I remember him calling me like nonstop and it was like, I can't remember what it was going on, but it was like something got released. It was like a big deal. Right. And we were down there and like, I didn't have any cells. He was like, did you see what happened? I'm like, Dude, I'm on a mountaintop with my hand on a tree. What the fuck are you talking about? He's like, it was a thing. And I can't I, I literally can't remember what it is now, but it was a big deal. It literally was a big deal. And he was like, it was a thing. And I'm like holding on to a tree and I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, Oh yeah. But he called me because that was red. And I appreciated that he called me. But like, you know what I mean? Like I was mm-hmm. that far out. So I was kind of like con- more connected to that. And I think mm-hmm. really we miss that. I think a majority of people miss that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's amazing that I can talk to all of you. I can talk to the world from where I'm sitting, but I think that we're losing our connection to like nature. It. Yeah, and uh, and I'm not, I'm like I don't like bugs and I don't like hanging out outside, but <laughs> like, I know I recognize this and I, I recognize that it's, it, it's a deal, and I feel better when I'm out there. I feel better. When I'm when I'm in it and experiencing it, and the sun's in my face and dirty, and I'm hanging out and just mm. having fun, and I think that's a thing. I really do think that's a thing, and I think that more of us need to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, then I seek your counsel, uh, John, because uh, Nathan is very aware of this. Flair is very aware of this. Deb is very aware of this. That I often uh, will send them a message when I'm on my hikes, which occur, you know, probably three times a week or so. And I'm wondering if I can summon Sasquatch or Bigfoot to come and say hello to me and the dogs. And Nathan is worried that I'm going to become sort of like, you know, an hors d'oeuvre, you know, maybe. Don't bring the dogs. The dogs are like a snack in my mind. That's what I'm just saying, man. Yeah, yeah, like a little shrimp purse. Yeah, Yeah, you you don't need to to bring that shit in there, man. Leave the dogs at home and hang out. What's your what's what's your thought about um, how I can summon an interaction with Bigfoot and whether or not I should? And James, also feel free to weigh in on us in the chat. And by the way, Debs, if you can pick a question out of the chat for John, that would be awesome. Go ahead, please. Uh, summon whatever the hell you want. I mean, uh, you know, I mean. Nikki Anna Jones is a cool chick, and her and I have spoken a lot. You know, look at she's like well, Nikki Anna Jones is rad. She hit me up out of nowhere and was like, "Hey, let's talk." And I'm like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "I'm, I'm like cool." So she's 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 amazing. She's had experiences that just still boggle my mind. But she went to Peru, or I don't remember where she was. She saw a unicorn. Ah. <laughs> Yeah, she tell listen to the story about her seeing a unicorn that exists. I don't know, but she oh, saw wow. one. That, okay. Yes, they do. 
Okay, yeah, there, you yeah, there you go. See, valet talked about that during the archives yes. of the impossible. Valet did talk about it, where they genetically manipulated a goat to grow a, a single horn out of its head in the seventies, and they took it around, and people were like, "That doesn't. That's not real." And they're like, "Yeah, it's real." And even when geneticists it, were like, "We're like, no, that's not real." And they're like, "Yeah, it's real." So, but they genetically manipulated a goat to have a, a, a unicorn horn. But yeah, she saw one that was like a more of a majestic white horse running through the thing. I don't know. But um, so yeah, I mean, you could you could literally, if you have enough passion in it, and and you really want to do, I mean, you can see whatever the hell you want, and and that's where well, like the archons and all those weird things that happens, like Chris Bledsoe and like all this stuff and the white lady, and like the you know the white lady's been seen by a bunch of people and Doily and a bunch of other you know like whatever <laughs> I else. Don't, what? James, I don't know, but you know what I mean. Like they're she's everywhere, right? And she's. She's Hathor. She's she's Ayana. She's she's you know she's the goddess. She's the Virgin Mary. She's everything, everywhere, right? And and I don't know if that's a, a connection to the Earth. I don't know if she's Gaia. I don't know if she's the Mother Earth. I don't know if she's that thing and that people see her. I saw her. She came to me. I was a little bit upset, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a thing where if you want to see her, you don't. And I only saw her after I had a inclination. That she was there. Well, I don't know, it was just whatever. But you know, it's like one of those things where it's like if you don't even entertain the idea that something's real, it never will be real. But if you focus on that thing, it's like I really think this is real, and I'm gonna see it. Then you maybe manifest it into reality. Well, about about Gaia, I want to say thank you to to Gaia because I think they've created what I would consider a very low cost. A quality yoga mat. So I want to say thank you to to Guy for creating that. I appreciate that. Uh, off to that. <laughs> and also, I want to say I want to correct the record here. You, Deb, and I were on a talk space together, but when you and I had our conversation, it was on Zoom, and Deb was not there for that. That was just you and I. I said, "No, you I was do there." This? No, you were not. No, you she were not. There. You no, had a wave in the not. background. Your background was a wave because you were hanging out with your high school thing. I was there. What? Yeah, your high um, school reunion I or something? I couldn't stay long, DJ. Remember? I had to I go because that. I was getting ready to do an interview or oh, something. Yeah. And Majorowski was on with me? Uh, I, yeah. On the, okay. I didn't even know I had this program yet. I thought it was done on Zoom. But anyway, we have a question from the chat for John because we got to let people have at least one as long as <laughs> it's not some idiotic question. We'll let I want 13 of them. <laughs> go for it. 13. Okay, so I had to go for a non-ETs question because it has to do with data. It says, could someone please ask John some good objective sources to learn about Masons? Mm-hmm. Be a Freemason.org. That was easy. Uh, I think we I, might be, have time for another question. I, yeah, yeah. That was that was way too fast. Okay, hold on. There was no, another no, one. We could get we could get uh, Flair or yourself back in there. There you no, go. I, I did have another one that I think is sort of relative. Um, how can you protect people from uh, people who are fraudulent about being Masons? Like how how do we know someone's genuinely a Mason? Ooh, or that's a good question. I should be clear, a Freemason. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's a really good question. Um, so we know each other through signs, symbols, and um, other other methods, right? Um, 
That's a really good, great question. You know, ask them what lodge they're at. Ask them what, what lodge they're a member of. You know, ask them what year they became a Mason. Cool. Ask them, you know, um, you know, name three brothers, you know, things like that. You know, things like that. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, show me your dues card, you know, like, I don't know, I got a couple mm. of them laying here. Oh, show me this. Oh, it's upside down. There you hey, go. Yeah, there's that I, one. I should need to study. Are you accepting members? Uh, they're all, we're <laughs> always accepting members. Wow. Yeah, we're always accepting members. So that's the thing. Like, hmm. it's sad about Freemasonry. It's sad and awesome at the same time. Where um, last year, maybe two years ago, the um, every year the um, head of Masons of of Ohio or or the other state has like their theme, right? Where they're like, okay, this is our theme of Masonry, and they have like they put it on a pin, and everybody gets a pin. You know, oh, you got a pin. And a couple of years ago, it was like replace yourself. And I was like, oh, wow. So, like, we're never allowed to recruit, right? We're never allowed to be like, hey, you should be a Freemason because that's like goes against everything that we're for. So, so it's like, if it's so, it's pretty universal. It's like to be one, ask one, right? It's like, if you want to be a Mason, ask a Mason, like, hey, can I be a Freemason, right? Um, yeah, cool. You know, like, talk about it. Like, so we're not just going out there and be like, hey, you'd be a great guy to join the Mormons, or, you know, like, we're not those guys that show up and you're like, you know, like, sorry, I'm picking on the Mormons, but you know what I mean? Like, they're coming door to door, like, yeah, I'm here to make you an offer. Yeah, come here. We'll get you get a get a free fruitcake, and you know, no, like we're not doing any of that shit, right? Like Green Street so, can be upset with all these Mormon comments. Go ahead. Is Green Street a Mormon? Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't think he is currently, but oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow, I gotta write that down. Um, so uh, <laughs> anyhow, uh, so yeah, so. Um, yeah, no, no. So we, so we don't recruit at all. But I mean, like, it's, it was like so because there's so many guys that are like, in, so like the World War II, um, those guys were like a lot of Masons and things like that. And there was all that that whole rebellion, '60s, '70s, was like, um, screw that, I'm not doing what my dad did. I'm not going to be a Freemason because forget it. Oh, wait a minute, like three, four generations of us have been Masons. Like, yeah, but I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know. And then so like uh, there was that whole thing, right? And then it was kind of like, oh, you guys are Illuminati and you're just sacrificing kids and worshiping the devil and like all this other crap that's been going on. And everybody's like, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. So there was like this whole wave of, of, of guys that, that were just were not joining or not even interested in it. Right. So a lot of lodges closed, a lot of lodges consolidated, a lot of it's it, it's been shrinking the amount of numbers. You know, it was like a, a bigger number and it's just really kind of diminishing now. But honestly, it's like. You know, we don't recruit, you know, we're not asking anybody to be a Freemason, but it was interesting to see a couple of years ago where like replace yourself, right? So like it kind of it kind of like hit home for a lot of the older guys that were like, Yeah, you know, not gonna be here. Because like if you don't, if you if you if you don't have the tradition and you don't keep going with it, like it dies, right? It's just one of those things that just fades away. And from my research, and this I'm just gonna put this out here. I mean, I'm sure you could probably read about it in one of my future books, but um a lot of the ancient mystery schools from all walks of life have hidden symbology and allegory and some within masonry. So Egyptian mystery schools, the you know Sumerians, like uh, from time immemorial, right? Have have hidden a little bit of it where it's like, hey, these people are attacking us and they're going to kill our whole way of life. We have this whole mystery school. Okay, boom, 
we have that and we take that with us. And that's kind of gone out through history. And I think that masonry in some regard has kept a lot of those ancient mystery schools alive, right, throughout history and just kind of kept it going. So it would be really, really horrible now in the 21st century to see that, you know, just completely fall to the wayside. I mean, there's documentation and all those things out there, but still. So, yeah, we, I mean, we don't recruit, but we definitely need people. And it's been awesome because I've had a lot of people reach out to me just from my channel and just from knowing me and doing, you know, shows like yours and things like that. They're like, yeah, how do I join Masonry? And I, you know, I set them up like, hey, be a freemason.org, check it out. There's like a whole wealth of information there. There's like, uh, you know, like, you know, is this for you? Is this something you're interested in? If not, whatever, talk to somebody. And dude, I'm always open. If somebody wants to talk to me, I'll tell you straight up what's going on. I'll, you know, I'm not, I'm not beating around the bush. I'll, I'll tell you legit what it did for me, what it, what it does for you. And it might not be for everybody. It's literally not for everybody. Right. But if you're into it and you want to make yourself a better human and you want to open yourself up to a bunch of stuff that maybe you not were, uh, you know, even thinking about before, then cool, do it. But if not, you know, I mean, the first third party in American political system was the anti-Masonic party. All right. So let that sink in. <laughs> For, right. Like they had to have like a third party where it was like, well, this guy's a Freemason and this guy's a Freemason. Well, we're going to just run on the anti-Masonic <laughs> party. This has been uh, super duper interesting, John. I, I After that conversation with you that Deb either was or wasn't at, we don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I just said, man, this is a guy we just have to have on the show. And I contacted the cabbies and said, Got to get this guy on, man. He is so cool. He's cooler than the other side of the pillow, and the other side of the pillow is sitting on a block of ice. So um, I'm cooler than a polar bear's toenails. Uh, you are. I'll tell you what, man. You lived. You you lived up to to, to the billing. Um, so I'm let, making let, that up, man. No, I'm sorry, man. I'm just joking. Around. No, I, it was an honor and a pleasure much, to have uh, you. That's a... <laughs> no, you hey, man. This is how we got to do it, man. Mm-hmm. But, but go ahead. Let me let the, the cabbie say goodbye. Uh, say no, goodbye, the, de- the Dean Martin of Ufology. I, I love you guys. And I really, like, seriously, I'm, 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 I'm always game to like whatever. Just hit me up. Oh, email me, whatever. we want a round two. Are you willing to say yes to that right now? Oh, my gosh. I got to ask. I got to ask my agent. Mm-hmm. Is he still there? Oh, my God. We should bring James back, too. Hint, hint, James. Uh, yeah, love I is the only... answer. Love is the answer. James, Get back right. over here, Iandoli. Yes. Get back yeah. over here. Love is um, the answer. No, seriously, guys. Like, seriously, give me the wildest question you got right now. Oh. Okay. Nathan, go. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Uh, wildest question. No. I have a wild one I can throw out real quick. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah, Melon, Freemason, yes or no? Mm. Did you see my video? I did see that, yeah. Yes, we did. I asked him. He hasn't responded. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, par for the course, for yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? I mean, I, I'm being a, a completely uh, sympathetic and, and truthful here. Like, he's doing something, he's sticking his neck out, right? Right. He's, he's really sticking his neck out for doing what he's doing. And to put that stamp on him, right now would just fuck him up. I mean, it, publicly, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because you have that whole side of everybody that's like, 
we knew it. Freemasons are running everything, and it's the, the Illuminati, and they're <laughs> right. devil worshipers, and they're, oh, they're evil. You know, you have all those people, and then you have like the few people like me who give a shit. They're like, yeah, cool, brother. I'm there to help you, you know? So like to him, that, and same thing with Tom, right? The, the same thing, like it just hurts him because of all the um, stigma and all the bullshit that's out there about masonry, right? It's just, everybody thinks we're the devil. Everybody thinks we're doing some evil shit. We're running the government. Like, I wish I was running everything. I honestly do. I'm not running shit. (laughs) So, like, I totally get it. But if he was, I mean, if he was in my heart, I would feel happy because he's doing the right thing. At least I hope he's doing the right thing following the tenets of Freemasonry, right? Brotherly love, relief, and truth. It it makes me sad, the stigma, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like so many levels, right? There There are so many things in our lives that are misunderstood because we don't know about them and we're ignorant of them. And I mean, ignorant in a non pejorative sense that we just fill in whatever, uh, because it's something we don't know about. We just fill in what feels most comfortable, what makes us feel safe and makes us feel whole. And, um, or I, I we've s- been conditioned and, and heard forever that this is what this is. Like, perhaps, this is perhaps is. right, right, yeah, yeah perhaps, yeah, um, yeah. totally. I, but like, not like honest to God. I mean, I, you know, if you if you watch that lecture I did in my last video, it's just kind of like, man, I I know for a fact, even if they don't, that they have to have at least a little bit of that in them to do, to do better for mankind, right? To do better mm-hmm. for everybody around you. To do better for. Everybody you can possibly make everything better for, right? That's kind of like what we're charged with, to like make everything around you and everything around you for everybody else as best as you can make it to the extent of you can without hurting yourself, you know? And I think that's rad. I think mm-hmm. if we all did that in every in our everyday lives, no matter what, we'd be an amazing species. It, this is a truly a mic drop moment John, and I, I really mean that. I'd like you to, if you would, please tell people where that they can find your material because I find a tremendous amount of value in what you you have to say. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, and I appreciate you guys. It's um, UFOs on the Level, YouTube. John Majorowski on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'm on, like, all the podcasts, so, like, uh, Spotify, Apple, blah, blah, Google, blah, blah, Stitcher. Right? Google, Stitcher, all of those were on there too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just try to find people that I'm cool with, like you guys, and that have a story and that are real, real people and and have love in their hearts and just want to help everybody, you know, and that's kind of what that's kind of what I've done. So like everything you've seen that I've done uh, on my YouTube channel and stuff is just from like my heart. So, um, that's where I'm at. And yeah, I, uh, I hope we're all in this together. So I'm super, super appreciative of you guys and, and everything else that's been going on and like hit me up and let's just like surf it together, surf the wave. It's coming. Just jump on the board and just hang out together. That's the mission of cab and it aligns perfectly with what, you said so for um for uh Debs, for Flarius, 
for Nathan. This is DJ and Cab saying peace out, one love, and we will see you and John Majorowski down the road. Mazel tov. Peace. Mazel.